Hello and welcome to Movie Nosh with Mike and Josh, where each week we sink our teeth into a different movie feast. Here we are with episode 21, and I got to say the intro bit. I don't think I've done it for a while. Have you not? It oh. feels like it. Yeah. I prefer it when you do it. How come? Because so, you don't have to. But that, well, that, but also you sound more enthusiastic than I do. I, I always think I say, hi, welcome to Movie Nosh. No, Nosh. you're... No. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you, you, you do it very well. Um, I did come up with it <laughs> whilst peeing moments before we started our first episode, if you remember. I do remember, yeah. I remember coming in and telling you and you're going, oh, that's good. Yeah. That was so, yeah, quite pleased with myself. So yeah, here we are at episode 21 and we're going to be reviewing the absolutely fantastic, that's not a spoiler, is it? No, the absolutely fantastic three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, do you want to insert any more banter before the theme tune? Oh, No. Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> Cue theme tune. Now, there's a girl at work who says that when the um, theme music comes on, she can picture us dancing. Oh, Along to it. It's like, has she been watching us? Have we got a webcam set <laughs> Does she know that we're naked? That would be horrible. What angle would you go for? Where that would you put it? Definitely the way that she imagines it. Yeah. I don't know. This girl is. I could have made your Monday morning quite uh, awkward. Quite awkward. At this point. Yeah. They're always awkward. Well, if you're just slop, the... slapping your dick around when <laughs> you're doing the theme tune like this, the noise is really off-putting. It is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So before we do the three billboards review, let's jump into some movie news. If you would be kind enough to do the other theme tune. Movie news, it's movie news, it's Josh's movie news. It is time. Um, so, literally breaking news as of the moment of recording on a Sunday night. Um, it is likely that a Star Wars... Uh, try that again. It is likely that the trailer for the new Han Solo film will be coming out this week. Which is interesting yes. because it's so close to release date, which is sometime summer. Uh... Was it June? Yeah, something like that. But it's so weird for such a big blockbuster movie like a Star Wars one to get so close to release date and to have not had a trailer yet at all. Not even a teaser. Yeah. Well, in fact, there's been barely any pictures really, has there? No. Well, I said before, it was, I think it's because they're waiting for The Last Jedi to stop being in cinemas and so they can stop promoting that one, selling mm. all the calendars, all the Christmas products. Now they'll, they'll push for the new one. I'm less convinced because there's also rumours that it's shit and um, that's mm. why they've not released a trailer for it yet but I don't know I find that really hard to believe that they, they seem to be really um, controlling when it comes to the movies now at Disney especially when it comes to the uh, the Marvel and Avengers ones I can't imagine them not having a similar sort of approach to the Star Wars movies and letting it get so bad that they it would get to this point and still not be yeah. trailer worthy I really hope that it's fantastic and um will be hugely surprised. It better be, because it's Star Wars, and I hate it when anybody fucks up a Star Wars film. Yeah. Um, other bits of movie news, apparently the Black Panther movie, which is coming out, is supposed to have a kind of James Bond feel to, feel to it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, they, they said that because um, they, could... they've been toying with how to make superhero movies different. So when they did Captain America Civil War, they tried to make it like a um, political thriller. When they did Ant-Man, it was supposed to be like a comedy heist yeah. type film. 
So they're saying that this one's going to be a bit more of a James Bond one. You can kind of see that because um, T'Challa, who's the the Black Panther, played by Chadwick Boseman, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, he comes from a fictional African country called Wakanda, which is like so technology. I can't say it, technologically advanced. Yeah. It just it looks like it's a the fucking alien planet or something yeah. like that. So obviously they're super rich, loads of money. He's the king of the kingdom anyway, so he's going to have loads of money. So it's almost like a spy king James Bond thing. Yeah. It's like if Prince Harry was actually a superhero. That would be cool, wouldn't this it? That's basically it. He, Captain Redhead. Captain Red. Captain Sunburn. <laughs> um, Captain be... Slightly Lower Pain Threshold. <laughs> no, much, much lower. That should be the tagline of this movie. The uh, spy king... Spy who clawed me. What did you? What did you just say? Spiking. That was a, a shit joke. But I think deserved a bit more recognition than that. Oh, it was alright. It was alright. <laughs> Thanks good. for that. Um, yeah. I'm actually looking forward to that film now. Um, I, I wasn't, am. I wasn't before, but you know, get it out of the way. Is it? Is it the James Bond thing? That's no, no. Um, it's the last trailer I saw, and I don't know. Just I'm, I'm, I'm deciding to be more positive this year. <laughs> is um, this your um, yeah? New Year's resolution. New resolution is to go into every movie with positivity. Absolute bollocks, that. So that it can be dashed. We'll see. Um, another bit of movie news. Apparently, there's going to be a Black Widow movie, and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I said that really. Johansson. Scarlett Johansson is apparently uh, on for getting an absolutely record amount of pay for a movie for a female actor. She's looking to get paid. I've lost the number now. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? One million dollars. No, it's no, not nine hundred million. That's what they want the movie to make. <laughs> I think it's twenty million. Right. Um, and she's even got like a six million dollar bonus potential if the movie earns over nine hundred million. Wow. I didn't know if they did that. It's like, yeah, some people forego their salary to, um, to make them get the movie made, and then they take drawings from the, what the movie makes. And that's usually when people get paid the most. Well, it'd be good to see that happen because there's obviously been all this controversy around um, pay recently. Equal pay. Yeah. Equal pay. Um, Jennifer Lawrence is a big, I say, activist, a big a voice yeah. in this. In this, yeah. advocate. Advocate. That's probably the right word. Evangelist. I don't know. Evangelist, I'm just making words, yeah. don't Um But also, they had the big issue recently where the film, um, all the money in the world. Yes. With some reshoots. Oh and yeah. Mark yeah. Wahlberg got paid like a million, and who was the female? Uh, I don't know. It's quite bad that we're talking about gender issues and I can't remember the name <laughs> of the woman. Um, there was a, a woman in the film and she only got paid like $1,000 for reshoots. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, off the back of that, Mark Wahlberg's actually donated $1.5 to a charity. I can't remember which one. He wouldn't have done that though. If, uh, no, he wouldn't have done unless it got brought into yeah. press attention. But if you're, can you imagine having that much money that you'd give away $1.5 without having to think about it too much? Eef, I mean, no. I can't no. even imagine what that's like. I can't even imagine what $1.5 million actually looks like, especially because I'm British and I use sterling. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, a couple more bits of movie news. One very disappointing bit of movie news. Oh Although I've not even watched the trailer, there's a Crocodile Dundee sequel. Is this real? I don't think this it, is real. I think it is, and it's oh with Danny God. McBride, and he's supposed to be the son of Crocodile Dundee. And there's a trailer, but I just flat out refuse to watch it. I reckon that's going to be brilliant. I like Danny McBride. It's going to be hilarious. Yeah, and... but it's not... That's a completely different movie to the original Crocodile Dundee, and that's why it pisses me off. How, what, it's, yet again, it's like Jumanji coming in and making a sequel. Oh, yeah. But 
making it into a video game movie rather than it's just taking beloved films from people's pasts and just making shitter versions of them Um, because they can't think of anything better or because they want to milk the franchises that they own as much as possible so that's not a remake this is a remake uh, well uh, what else we got there was one more I found very good Um, oh yeah Denis Villeneuve I always struggle to say his name I got it right then didn't I yeah yeah um, he is supposedly directing a Dune movie. I'm excited for this. I've not read the book. I've got it, but it's, it's one of those ones that's just stayed on my shelf and it looks too daunting. I think I've tried to and, and failed. Mm. I tried doing the audiobook. That's how much I tried. And yeah. I still got bored. Maybe no. two out chapters in. I don't think it's necessarily boring because it's got such a cult following. Yeah. But um, the problem I found with it is that like they've got all these names and phrases of these alien planets and civilizations, and it's so hard to follow up because yeah, they, exactly. they really throw them in your face. I think the hero is called, people are going to get pissed off by me getting this wrong, like the Wizak Hadarakt or something like that. Oh, right. Um, and that's what this chosen one's supposed to be. Peter, isn't it? Is, he, is that his name? I think that's his real name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's uh, it just doesn't make sense. He's called Peter and he's called the Wizak fucking Hadarakt. That's his title. <laughs> it just, it, it's, it's very hard to understand and like. At least with Star Wars, we've had years of understanding words like Kashyyyk and Tatooine and Jedi. All this, yeah, all this other stuff um, that we're used to it. And we know what they're talking about when they say it. But with this, that's just hard. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Um, and last but not least, there was another trailer for Tomb Raider this week, and I think that's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, yeah. Did I you think, watch it? No, um, yeah, I think that film's going to. Do not worry about I, it. I really hope that film sucks and they stop trying to make Tomb Raider films. I think it will probably do better than you think it will, but critically it'll do poorly and with yeah. audiences it'll do alright yeah. so we'll see anyway that's the end of the movie news movie news that was movie news that was Josh's movie news and it was great <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's do the review of this movie. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. Um, so, a brief synopsis. Uh, after months have passed without a culprit in her daughter's murder case, Mildred Hayes makes a bold move, uh, painting three signs leading into her town with a controversial message directed at William Willoughby, the town's revered chief of police. Uh, when his second in command, Officer Dixon, an immature mother's boy with a penchant for violence, gets involved, the battle between Mildred and Ebbing's law enforcement is only exacerbated. Which I think is, uh, I mean, that's that's pretty much a good... That's a good, concise yeah. synopsis. Well done, Michael. Yeah, thanks. Very proud. Thanks, thanks Google. So, uh, a little bit of context behind this movie as well. It's written and directed by Martin McDonough. Yes. Who you'll, if you've ever seen In Bruges, Seven Psychopaths, or the guard, you'll know his work. Yeah, he does play. He's a playwright the first, I think. Oh, is he? Yeah, that would be explain why he's, he's so good at writing scripts and screenplays and things like that, dialogue and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, yeah, and I, like we we were big fans of it. Bruges before that. Yeah, we I do went love on that. holiday to Bruges. Yes, together. Yeah, oh, that was yeah, fun. that was fun. Yeah, the tower was nice, wasn't it? Mm. Um, so you know we're expecting a lot from this movie anyway, but then it went to the Golden Globes and won four. Golden Globes. Yes. It won Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama for the lead, uh, Francis McDonald. McDonald? McDormand. McDormand, sorry, my bad. Um, it also won Best Supporting Actor in a Drama for Sam Rockwell. Yep. As Officer Dixon. It won Best Screenplay yep. for Drama and Best Director. Wow. 
I think. That's a, no. Oh no, no best no, gameplay no. and best best motion picture drama. Okay. And because apparently they split split drama and comedy up, which is weird to me. Well, you can't have both, can you? Yeah, but it's like they've only got drama and comedy, but they don't have any other genres. That's oh, that's weird. weird about the Golden Globes. Yeah, maybe it doesn't make any sense. But four Golden Globes, okay. I mean, that's crazy. And I think it's fair to say all of them completely well deserved because the script fantastic, mm. direction fantastic, the lead actress Francis awesome, and and then um, Sam Rockwell was fantastic in it as well. Sam Rockwell was great. I really liked him in this, um, and uh, Woody Harrelson's in it as well. And I kind of feel like he deserves some credit because I thought he was great he was yeah um, it's, it's, I think it's hard to go into this film without we're going to try and do this spoiler free we will do this spoiler free yeah we will we will um, because there'll be plenty of people who want to see this and they should see it as well I don't want to spoil it because I think one of the things I loved about this film was because I just didn't know where it was going to go and it really kept me guessing all the way to the end and there was plenty of it's not like an M. Night Shyamalan twist but I just never knew exactly where the story was going to go and it, it kept me completely engaged the entire way through. Yeah, yeah. There's no twist in this this film at all, really. Um, actually, you know what? Saying that is a twist is a spoiler in itself. So we'll have to cut that. I, d- I don't think I don't think that's right. Anyway, I think there is. As soon as you say there's a twist or there isn't a twist, then that's a spoiler. No, I couldn't ever call it a twist. There may or may not be a twist. <laughs> <laughs> twist alert. <laughs> yeah, um, we're doing the twist. Uh, so there is a very strong script here I thought the the, the dialogue was superb um, I thought it was so good mm. that it almost took away from some of the believability of the characters the level of wit that almost all of the characters have in this is is almost too good it's like all those moments where you sit there and you think oh, I wish I'd said that yeah because that's beautiful and poet- poetic and concise and it makes sense and uh, actually that doesn't really happen in real life as this podcast shows yeah, but can you imagine if someone made a movie where it was like that? Yeah, that'd be really crap, wouldn't it? It'd yeah, really boring. Yeah, it's just literally people afterwards going, "Shit, why didn't I say that?" Because yeah. the screenplay is good. Um, I think so. I don't really know Frances McDormand from anything. Like, I don't recognise her from anything in particular. Um, she was in the original Fargo, you know, the film. Yeah, I've not seen it. Oh, brilliant! Another brilliant. one, another classic movie yeah, that Josh hasn't seen. seen. Just absolutely terrible um, as a movie house podcaster. And she's got a, she's got a recognisable face. You'd recognise her, surely. No. What? Honestly, really? I'm trying to think of something that I've seen her in, and I can't. So, uh, I think there were movies that I had seen her in. Let me have a quick check. She's in a lot of Joel. Uh, she was in Transformers: Dark and the Moon. That's no, literally no, the only exactly. movie I know her from. She's in a lot of the Coen Brother uh, films. Um, because she's married to. Oh yeah, it's a bit of. Joel Cohen. Bit of movie trivia knowledge there. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Cohen Brothers movies, to be honest. I quite like them. They're quirky. Yeah, like but you. It's not enough. Well, that's true, but again, still, it's not enough to make people like it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But either way, her performance absolutely blew me away. And as Mildred Hayes, the cursed mother in this, yeah, she her, the, the the character she plays is so fucking badass. Yes, just could not give a flying fuck about what people think about their opinions on the situation in her head she is right what she's doing is right and everyone else can just go fuck themselves that's pretty much it yeah she's fantastic and and she plays that sort of hard character all the way through the film for the most part but there are there are flashes of how robust the character is and how it's being written in that you see flashes of her compassionate side and weaker side when she um, is presented with things that Shocker, there's one scene with Woody Harrelson and her, 
Um, and it is a funny scene, which I will go back to the use of comedy in this film. But the performance that she gives in just this one scene is is really phenomenal because she's her and Woody Harrelson's character, the Chief Willoughby. They're um, they're joking and talking about how messed up the situation is, and they're doing all this wit and and witty retorts and all that. And then um, and then something happens that shifts the tone of the scene completely. And both actors are, to their credit, really good at showing just how complete their characters are. Mm. Um, because it flips both of them. Uh, Chief becomes scared. Yeah. Actually, they both become scared. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then um, Mildred is, shows her caring side and actually calls him baby. Yes, I noticed that. Which, was, which is weird. Because, I know, baby, I know. Yeah, yeah. Which but I'm, not like that. But that's like a mothering side. You know, she's a mother of, she's got two, mm. another kid in this. Mm. Uh, so it comes out and it's interesting to see because that's the first point that you, you see her as anything other than tough sharp bastard mm. I, I know what you were saying about the comedy because she has those moments on her own where she is having a vulnerable moment because apart from that throughout the entire movie she doesn't cry she's just really stoic really badass um, and then she'll have moments on her own where you know the, the cracks start to show and, and you know the pain comes through the fact that her daughter was raped and murdered in such a horrific way mm. um, but she co- she always covers it up with comedy yeah it's a bit like where she's making her talk to each other yeah or a deer comes out of nowhere and she's talked to him and she'll, she'll have a laugh with it and then all of a sudden you'll, you'll see her lips start to quiver and that kind of thing so yeah, yeah. I don't know whether it's 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 just her way of staying strong or what how you, she copes with it what did you think of the deer by the way I thought it looked I mean it's the it's one of the worst bits of CGI I've seen in a long time it's so jarring yeah I was watching it and I just thought I was looking at the edges and I'm fairly sure I could see like blue around the edges it was that bad it wasn't was it a real deer or was it just a CGI it was a real deer that they've just CGI'd onto the screen like um, yeah it's not, it's not it's not a computer generated deer it's a real deer. Just hire trained deers, wouldn't you? Well, they probably did. Stand there. Yeah. Done. Don't fucking move. Or worst case scenario, don't look have the deer on, CGI at the collar, and the mustache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then it can be in Justice League. Um, weird, really, really odd, um, and just weird, weird, weird seeing that. Um, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I was just going to get to him. Also, because you, know, you can't not talk about this film, not talk about Sam Rockwell, because he plays this um, dumbass cop with a penchant for violence yeah, yeah, and he has lines like um, there's apparently a thing in the past where he he tortured a, a black um, a black person in custody yeah they say and so everybody in the town knows and they talk about it and someone says you know you still hate on black people I heard about you torturing that black person he says actually you can't call it torturing a black person now you could get to say torturing a coloured person <laughs> like he's trying to be super PC but yeah, he's just getting yeah. it so completely fucking wrong and what I love about his character as well is the relationship he has with his mum yeah he's a proper mum's boy it's the mum from Always Sunny yeah it's Charlie's mum from Always Sunny so in Philadelphia and so she's she's like rough as houses no it's Max's mum it's not Charlie's mum is it? yeah oh it is but are they not both? no Um, but his character arc in this he goes through quite a transformation and it's interesting to see and it's and it keeps you gripped as you're going through it but at the same time it kind of feels like it might be a bit unrealistic because him, he's, he's just a bit too much of a change you say that 
I would disagree because well, you're wrong. Um, I don't think it's as complete a change as you think because we don't get to see it for enough of the movie. But also, it talks about um, how you know he really struggled when his dad died. Yeah, and then he had to look after his mum. Yeah, and that's where a lot of his sort of frustration and anger comes from. Um, which is was quite a nice moment of of a quite a nice reveal, really. Yeah, and I don't think that's that's a spoiler. It's not going to ruin the film for anybody. But it's just again, it shows like you're pointing out about. Um, Francis McDormand and Woody Harrelson's character, how they're very complete characters, how they've got... Yeah. The, you know, they're multi-layered. Yes, they're, that's they're a good way of putting it. Around. Multi-layered. Um, and I think the rest of the cast is kind of crazy as well. When you think about it, Peter Dinklage is in there as James, the, basically the town dwarf. Yeah, he like just seems to be the butt of the joke, though, in this. I don't really know what his... What the point of him was. Yeah. Yeah, I guess his character could have been dropped and it wouldn't have made much difference. And he, he wouldn't necessarily have had to been a dwarf either. Yeah, I think maybe it was just to show some sort of weakness in, in Mildred's character, maybe, that she doesn't treat him with the same respect. She's, she's, well, it, she's quite pious in the way that she's, you know, with her attitude towards everything and putting up the billboards and the, mm. you know, the effect that can have on the police cops, yeah. police cops, police what? cops, and <laughs> on the town police. Yeah, God knows where that came from. Um, but also shows that she, you know, she's not infallible as well, she which is what I liked about her. Dick. Yeah, she, she was, she was wrong a lot mm. of the time. Um, uh, but you still, you still root for her. You do. Um, but that, yeah, realistic character. Um, uh, she was there was also Abby Cornish who I can't really remember from much but she plays uh, Chief Willoughby's wife wife yeah. of um, Woody Woody Harrison um, interesting fact about her she's actually a rapper as well <laughs> she's Australian and she's a rapper Australian which is obviously quite easy to tell from the film because when you listen to you're like is she just doing a really shit American accent I wasn't sure because I, I mean the whole film it, it champions this idea that it's in the middle of nowhere mm. and they're kind of backwards this town um, and then there's it just doesn't seem right that there would be uh, an Australian a foreigner woman. I mean I don't I don't see why not I mean I don't see why not but, but it's not explained um, and I don't know and I think she starts the film trying to do an American accent and then you reckon I think so I think it just and then she maybe it's up. like just an Australian person who's lived there for so long she's picked up an American twang maybe you're right that must be maybe it you're right uh, on top of that you've got Caleb Landry um, who you will know from Get Out. He plays the uh, billboard advertising yeah, manager good, person. Called... He's having a really good year. Yeah, he is. Um, Lucas Hedges plays the son of yeah, the mother of, uh, of Mildred. Um, and he was in, do you remember what no. film he's been in? Manchester by the Sea. He was the son in Manchester by the ah, Sea. That's a great film. I know, exactly. So he's, he's having an absolute flying start to his career, really, when you think about it, considering how young he is. And he's been in... Manchester by the Sea and this. Yeah. This could this could potentially win an Oscar as well. Uh, yeah. Um, um, and he, he seems with his mum in this a really really powerful. Yes. Um, well, I mean I didn't I didn't come that close to tears during the film. No. But um, there's one particular scene where she, she's uh, putting out a fire, mm. and I think just everything the weight of everything and the fact that the the, the, the it's difficult to say without spoiling it, but basically there's a scene where her raw emotion comes out and you finally see her break down in front of somebody else mm. and she's like she's screaming at her um, Robbie I think is, is his name mm. she's screaming Robbie because he won't he won't let her put out the fire yeah. um, and you can see there that um, just what this, the, the murder of her daughter's done to her 
Yeah. Um, and this little kid is getting to see such fantastic acting close first hand. Yeah. He'll be all right, won't he? When you say there's a little kid, I don't know how old he actually is. Let's just double check. He's, he's going like to be one of 17 or something. Yeah. Well, oh, he's 21. <laughs> 21. So one of those young faces. Yeah. You've also got Samara Weaving, um, who you'll recognise from The Babysitter. That you, we like, you like her, don't reviewed. you? Reviewed. She is a lovely lady. Not my type, really. I mean, I wouldn't say no. No. Well, you are a pig, so yeah. that would explain it a lot. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's, there's loads of other actors to us, but I think the the main ones, the Francis McDormand as Mildred Hayes, Woody Harrelson as Bill Willoughby, and Sam Rockwell, Jason Dixon, just absolutely smash it to the point where you, the other characters have some screen time, you like them and that sort of stuff, but they, they blow they hug it. every single scene yeah. they have. And I can't even say that, for example, Francis McDormand takes over the scene much from Woody Harrelson or no. Sam Rockwell takes over. They're all... Three very strong characters, three very strong actors, and absolutely rock it. I think that um, Martin McDonough, mm-hmm. he must do something with Sam Rockwell and Woody Harrelson to get so much out of them, because I really like those two in Seven Psychopaths. Yeah. I thought the film was all right, but um, I think Sam Rockwell really does thrive with, with him. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Maybe he G's him up says, Sam, you're the best. Yeah. You're, you're handsome and your hair is kind of cool. Softly caresses his genitalia. Yeah. Tells him he's a good boy and sends him on his way. Yeah. And the same it would for, work for me. So. <laughs> same for Woody. Um, I thought Woody... I don't know. I think he was maybe my favourite thing in this, Woody Harrison's character. You reckon? Yeah. Um, I, I, I would disagree and probably say it's still Francis McDormand because the, the character was just so impressive. It's she hard to was, say though, because again, Sam Rockwell's I loved his character as well in the end. But mm, 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 mm. Um, I think he was just my favourite person, Woody Harrelson. Oh right, just the most likable. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's easy to say. I think. Okay, so we'll talk about the funny moments, and yeah. the dark moments, mm-hmm. and how they were often in the same scene. And how effective were they? Because we talked before about Thor and how that was funny and then it would kind of ruin any any feeling of peril. So I actually wrote down in my notes here, um, incredibly funny, dark humour, like the, like Martin normally does, um, but not a single joke felt f- fell flat. And there were people laughing in the cinema all the way through. I think yeah. there was a woman sat behind you to your right oh, God. whose laugh was particularly annoying yeah. to the point where I saw someone sat in front Same of me around. turn around yeah, and go, I saw what that. the fuck? <laughs> um, but... Yeah, and it's funny that you say that because I thought of Thor Ragnarok when I watched this and wrote that down and thought every single joke landed. Yeah. Unlike Thor, where for me it was maybe fifty percent of the joke. So that's the jokes succeeding, but what about the the, the moments of of darkness? Of uh, darkness. Do they do they feel less effective because you've just come? You've got like almost in one sentence you can start. The, the sentence would start with a joke, and then by the end it'd be like, oh, actually she's she's telling some pretty dark stuff. I but in a funny way. I, well, it just that that uh, mix between emotions I think works quite well, and I think it's kind of reflective of um, the the mother character whose name I keep forgetting, Mildred. Mildred. Yeah. Mildred. Um, because she, that is the the funniness is how she's dealing with the situation and how trying to get through. It's her, her I don't want to say kick ass again. It's her hmm. whipper snapper style. Yeah, that's again the wrong word because that's for young people. Whipper snapper. You know what I mean? Yeah, she snaps whips. Her wit retorts and and 
attitude is, is how she's coping with this. But then you see the cracks break through in the dark, in, with the, the dark moments. And I think that's what happens throughout the whole thing. Overall, this movie is quite funny. Yeah. But then you get the cracks of it coming through. And I think that's just similar to how a, a character is dealing with the situation. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think the balance overall it does a good job of having really quite dark moments and dark, not just subject matter, but what is being said is really like stuff that you wouldn't want to hear normally. And it's not it's not shying away from um, coarse language and bad mm. uh, um, bad tastes. It's not decorum. No, Josh. There's a, there was a scene that makes me remember this was um, her her ex-husband's in this movie mm. and he's known to be aggressive and used to beat her up and that kind of stuff and there's a moment where that kind of becomes really apparent yeah and things turn violent quite quickly and all of a sudden his new girlfriend's in the background and says actually I uh, I don't work at the zoo anymore I, yeah uh, I makes work a joke at the horse place for the ponies that kind of stuff and that diffuses the entire situation and I, I wasn't 100% sure if it was going to you know, when she stopped talking, whether it was going to be funny enough to have made sense in that scene, but it was just because she didn't stop talking, and that's yeah. what made it really funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And also, you fancy her, so that, that helps. That, that, yeah, she can't do it wrong, really, tomorrow, even. Oh, uh, yeah. So I think it did a good job, much better job of than Thor. Yeah, exactly. At, at that. Um, at what I think there's a good point to talk about as well is how the use of flashbacks worked so well in this movie. So I, I, it was interesting to me that they did a few flashbacks to when um, the daughter was still alive and that kind of thing. And I didn't expect to see the daughter in the movie at all, but yeah. it almost makes it a bit more... It, whenever you see a victim in real... like Alive. Yeah, alive. Um, it always gives it a more personal feel to it. It's why when you see like uh, Children's Aid and all those charities put a little kid on the front of it, yeah. if they show up a thing as a little kids, it's hard to feel yeah. Yeah, any yeah. kind of real emotion towards it. So that helped, but again, the, the way they, they timed the um, flashbacks was quite well because it was always mirrored with the moment in the present that it was tied to, yeah, which gave it more impact rather than it sort of being a reveal later on. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like those moments were, were tied together. Yeah, because it makes you miss the character because the character's there in the flash in the flashback. The character's in that room or the scene, and then all of a sudden the flashback ends and you realise well, actually no, she's not there and she never will be. Yeah. So it makes you think. Oh, there's a, there's a sense of loss. Um, the storyline had me gripped. I thought it was really. I can see the one best screenplay. Did it? Yeah, best screenplay and best um, motion picture. Drama. Yeah. Um, and I can see why. I thought the story was. It felt to me like a book. It could quite easily have been a book. Mm. Um, and I would. Yeah. Um, I just was so gripped from start to finish. Yeah, there wasn't a single moment where I was bored. Or no, no, no. Slowed down. Pace was fairly even all the way through mm. but in other words just perfect really it didn't ever go too quickly or too slowly it just sauntered along at this absolutely spot on pace yeah um, what did you think of the ending? <sighs> were you satisfied? I think it's a, a good ending it's a brave ending and it makes you think it makes you go away and invent your own ending yeah which sometimes can be kind of really frustrating can't it? but it, well, I think this, this time I was, I was I was quite satisfied with that ending yeah there's a sense of sense of some dissatisfaction but that's because I wanted to I wanted to keep watching the story you wanted, wanted to, to get more from these characters didn't yeah, you yeah I wanted to just bleed them dry basically we need, we need a trilogy we need yeah. four billboards yeah, inside yeah. of Missouri followed Fine. by 23 
billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, where it becomes a crossover with 23 Jump Street. <laughs> That's a, that'd be brilliant. Well, did you know that they were supposed to be doing that with, with Men in Black, weren't they? Yeah. It's not happening anymore. Oh, no. No, I'm not upset about that. Yeah. I'm actually kind of quite relieved because I think that was one of the dumbest fucking ideas I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. Um, there's one scene that stood out for me and it's a long scene mm-hmm. it was a there was no cuts and it follows Sam Rockwell character move from the police station over to the um, yes agency the, agency. the billboard the advertising mm-hmm. uh, agency that's opposite the police station and the camera follows Sam Rockwell for I mean it's probably about 40 seconds something like that it's a long old scene yeah, yeah. Uh, considering what's happening you know, he's moving across the street he's Going through, they, there's a, even there's some stunts, yeah, in the in the shot, um, and it's yeah, pretty impressive scene. I thought, mm. to, how many times must that have taken? And there's things that happen in the scene, like glasses breaking and things like that, that would have had to have been set up again and again and again. Yeah. So that must have been pretty taxing on all the actors involved. Yeah, um, but that's where the direction and production and all that mm. kind of stuff comes in as well. It's it's the whole thing falls together, yeah. and it was one of the. I, I guess you could say probably the best scene in the whole movie. Yeah, I mean, there were, there were, it wasn't the most emotionally challenging or, or one that made me feel anything other than I just noted that it was very well done. Yeah. Um, Keep an eye out for it when you watch the movie if you haven't done it already. Yeah. And if you have watched it already, you'll know exactly what we're talking about and, and sort of realise, oh crap, that was a one shot and it just makes it all the more impressive when you realise afterwards. Yeah, 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 pretty phenomenal. Um so overall, I think this film's a success. I mean, well done. Yeah, exactly. You can see why it's winning so many awards. It, it makes me excited for all these other um, movies that are coming out this award season, including The Shape of Water. Yeah, exactly um, right. I, I was the same. Um, when we left the cinema, um, I was thinking, God, I reckon I really love award season because really good films come out. Um, and if I watch another two films that I enjoyed as much as this one this year, then I'll be happy. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think Shape of Water will be one of those because Guillermo yeah. del Toro won Best Director for that one. Can't wait to see that. And um, The Post is one that we'll be reviewing next week. Yeah. And that's been doing really well. And that's a Steven Spielberg movie. I know. Who is the granddaddy, the granddaddy. of all of Hollywood. Yeah. Kind of. Um, I'm not too excited for that, though. Are you not? Film. No. Not as excited as I was for this. That's true. Yeah, no, I'm not quite as excited. But it's Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. Yeah. All right. Who are like Captain and they are, they Captain Left Wing, aren't they? So <laughs> well, and also they're they're sort of like the king and queen of cinema. Yeah, that's a good point. The the darling Together. and the Meryl Streep of Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? No, not really. Um, I, it's this this movie is you you take it exactly as it is. There's no. I don't need to think any deeper about it. I don't need to wonder about it. I'm just incredibly impressed by it. And mm-hmm. um, I think, as a movie, not as a fish, not as a fish, but as a movie, I'm going to give it a ten out of ten. Wow! Because fucking hell, I've been trying to rack my brains and think of anything I didn't like about it, mm. and I can't think of anything. Maybe there's one or two characters. Maybe like Peter Dinklage's character couldn't. Yeah. But that's it. And to be honest, it wasn't even like he was terrible or a terrible character. He just wasn't necessary. Yeah, no, but I agree. Yeah, I can't, I can't fault, can't fault it. Ten out of ten. I absolutely love this movie. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, I really did like it, and I thought I liked it more than you did. But mm. I'm going to give it a nine. Yeah. Because 
there was some Sam Rockwell's character, mm. although fantastic, not and I know that I I I just didn't think it was that believable. And I'm I'm all I'm great at suspe- uh, suspending belief mm. um, to to enjoy the movie, which is what you do all the time, really. Yeah, that's the point. Um, but that's I don't the point, know. Michael. It just just felt a that's bit. What it's there for? <laughs> just felt something. It was, it was too. I don't know, too binary. I thought his 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 mm. change, um, and then also there's a character that comes into the gift shop and confronts. Um, yeah, I didn't know why. That could just be my misunderstanding. Uh, I, I think that it's it's the spanner in the works that character, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I I would give it a nine. But it wasn't if I watched it hungover however mm. as I did Mudbound I'd probably give it a zen yeah, you've and probably cried, cried well. five times I've, yeah. noticed, I've noticed that when I'm hungover I'm far more emotionally I, I mean I'm an emotional wreck anyway but when I'm hungover the other day I stopped and talked to somebody um, when I was hungover it was yesterday yesterday morning yeah um, on the way to the train station um, he was handing out leaflets about God or some bullshit and <laughs> uh, I stopped and took a leaflet um, talked to him for a bit and normally I'm like you're fucking insane believing in all this yeah uh, but um, when I'm over I was like oh, bless him <laughs> <laughs> pun intended though uh, yeah yeah bless him because I was just thinking you know we're all just trying to get by in this world we're all you just know, trying to get by if it makes him happy <laughs> yeah exactly whereas Fair if I wasn't hung over I'd be like to each their own fucking crazy as they say yeah you are a, a soppy bastard when you're mm. hung over but who isn't really um, cool well if you've not seen the movie obviously our full on recommendation is go yeah. and watch this this damn movie because it is incredible and uh, we, we don't think you'll regret it as well no. um, it's out of cinemas currently it's winning stuff at the Golden Globes we'll have to see if it wins anything at the Oscars in March um, but yeah it while it's still there now I'd go watch it yeah yeah um, and you'll love it just don't sit next to anybody who laughs easily So this week's game, I have come up with <coughs> another quiz for you, and oh. you might be able to help me come come up with a name for it. Um, so basically, the idea of this is that um, there's loads of actors and actresses out there, or as I like to call them, actors, um, who have hidden talents. So such as Abby Cornish. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, she's rapper. a rapper, an Australian rapper. She's not a good rapper. Have you heard her stuff? Yeah, it's it's like I wouldn't listen to it in the car. Is it like? Wycliffe Sean Wycliffe Sean is that who I meant no do you want me to play it a bit I don't know whether it'll come across well on the microphone go on then um, um, I, I can't imagine it's fantastic I've forgotten a, a rapper name as well is it really fast is, does, she, does she wax lyrical uh, she might do uh, it's, it's kind of like up to you oh yeah her name's um, Dusk her name is Dusk MC Dusk what a fucking terrible name yeah here's a bit of MC Dusk for you <laughs> Your face. Like, I don't mind it. I mean, so I would listen to it. It seems. I, I don't even think technically it's that good because she's just very good at speaking fast and, and rhyming. But anyway, uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't listen to MC Justin Cat. Anyway, so that's that's what the game's based on. It's about other actors with uh, with hidden talents, and I'm gonna tell the actor. And tell you three things that they're going to be good at, and you have to decide which one is true. Oh, okay, yeah, I like this. Yeah, 
two lives, one truth, slightly. One, one, of these, one of these days, I really want. I hope one of these games, at the end, is going to be like a total wipeout thing where you've just set up an assault course and I've got to get from one end to the other. That would be brilliant. If brilliant. I'd set up that game, it wouldn't be you fucking playing it. It would be <laughs> me playing it because that sounds amazing. It does, doesn't it? Probably um, wouldn't uh, go well on the podcast. Right, should we start? Yeah. Okay, cool. Question number one. Number one. Angelina Jolie, the psychopath of Hollywood, <laughs> Yeah. is uh, unsurprisingly good with a weapon. Which weapon is she good with? Is she good at archery? Is she good with a whip? Or is she good at knife throwing? Uh, archery. Nope, it yeah. is knife throwing. She actually has a knife collection. It's been doing it since she was little. Bloody hell. Yeah. Um, Doesn't that not make her kind of scary? Yeah, yeah, she's kind of scary anyway. Doesn't she carry around a vial of... Well, she did carry around a vial of her husband's blood at the time when she was going out with... When she was married to Billy Bob Bob Thornton. Yeah. Yeah, but she had that that weird kiss with her brother as well. That's it. When she was on the red carpet and the kiss, but it was just a little bit too much. A little bit too much of a kiss. Too much tongue. I remember seeing a picture of it. There was a bit of spit that sort of connecting their lips together as they're pulling away. Do you know what I mean? You don't want to kiss your brother like that. Although if I was Angelina Jolie's brother, then... uh... Yeah, you probably would. (laughs) Um, Okay, question number two. Number two. Bruce Willis. Super charming, super talented guy. Yeah. Has not yet been accused of sexual offence. Not you know, yet. No. Are you planning on him? No, no, but you know, it's just what's going on in Hollywood at the moment. Jesus Christ. Um, so, uh, Bruce Willis is actually a talented musician. And he was in a band as well. But which instrument does he play? Is it the bagpipes, the guitar, or the harmonica? Um... Have you heard his song? He does under the bridge, uh, under the boardwalk. Yeah, I have. It's really good. It's really it? good. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's uh, damn good. I'll go for the harmonica. Is the harmonica? Congratulations! Yeah, uh, Bruce Willis started his entertainment career playing harmonica for an R&B band called Loose Goose. Years later, in many blockbuster movies in between, Willis still plays the harmonica, occasionally touring with his band The Accelerators. What a shit name for a band? Yeah, it's almost as bad as MC Dusk. Yeah, Dusk. Anybody? Dusk. Uh, so Sandra Bullock um, is she talented as all yeah what do you mean is she talented at all have you not seen Miss Congeniality have you not seen The Proposal you could have <laughs> you could have played those actors those characters um, I would have happily because I am congenial mm. or congealed one of the um, so she is a talented linguist and fluently speaks a European language, but the question is, which European language does she speak? Does she speak French, Italian, or German fluently? Um, I'm gonna go for French. You are wrong, she's sprechen sie Deutsch. No way. I know, um, apparently her mum's German. Huh. That'd explain it, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, she visited Germany a lot as a kid. At the 2012 Oscars, she surprised everybody by zipping fluently between English and Deutsch. Fantastic, I'd love to be able to do that. Yeah. That would be wunderbar. I would. I, I might look for that clip because I want to hear her speaking German. It's always funny, isn't it? When you watch people speaking foreign languages. It just makes it feel like a separate person, really. Mm. This one was impressive. Pierce Brosnan. Ooh. A man of many talents, being James Bond himself. Obviously, he always has a trick up his sleeve. Um, is able to eat something very well. Does he eat swords, hot dogs, or fire? I reckon fire. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a really, if you if you Google it, if you do, no way you, you can do it on it. the Muppet Show as well, <laughs> which is a weird place to do it. But I'm, apparently, um, I'm going to do it. He joined a fire eating class when he realised that the women in, in it were topless because um, they they taught them how to roll fire across yeah. the chest without it burning. And obviously, if you do that and you're wearing a bra, you're just going to set your bra on fire, and nobody wants that. No. So yeah, and because of that, he's he's now very good at. No, I've seen him do it in the clip, and I was absolutely just fucking blown away. That's, that's the size of the flame was just unbelievable. And so, he just does it. Yeah, it's great. How about the, the breasts? They sizable as well. Uh, I didn't see that in the clip, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Margot Robbie. Um, she's just a really good actress. Yeah. No, I'm messing. Um, Margot <laughs> Robbie. I mean, she is. But ice skating. Um, so there's only two options on this one because <clears throat> I can't think of anything else similar. Okay. But she is a talented artist. Ooh. Okay. Now, is she a talented piercer, or Tattoos. is she a talented? Tattoo artist. Um, tattoo artist. It is tattoo artist. That was pretty. pretty I think I've seen this. Um, I think she was on the Grand Norton show. She, she was, yeah. She, she tattooed, tattooed toe or something. Uh, a fan, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, she actually tattooed um, Cara Delevingne's toe when they were doing Suicide Squad as well. Why not? Yeah. If, if, to be fair, if Margot Robbie said to me, "Can I give you a tattoo?" I'd probably say yes because then I'd always have the story of yeah. Margot Robbie gave me this tattoo. Yeah. Even if it was a dick that she drew somewhere. Well, uh, yeah. Um, I'd I mean, probably have a dick just above my dick, just to be like a meta dick. This is my dick. <laughs> this is my dick. <laughs> Breaking the fourth dick. Dick. Anyway. Um, so yeah, that's Margot Robbie. Christopher Walken. No, you won't believe this one. But when he started out his career, was a tamer of sorts. Uh, did he tame bears? Bears. Did he tame lions? Lions. Or did he tame elephants? I so want him to be a lion tamer. He was a lion tamer. Oh my How God. nuts is that? that Before is becoming a hugely successful actor that we know and love today, Christopher Walken started out his career as a lion tamer and during his teenage years, Walken was employed as an act in a travelling circus. That's fucking hilarious. I wish I could do a Christopher Walken impression so I could be like, Lion, <laughs> sit down. Why are you I'm, walking over to me with your mouth? See, that's just very. I don't know what it's that. so hard. I'm taming lions. No. That was better. Was it good? Yeah, no. yeah, you were way closer than I was because I don't know what the fuck I. Taming I, lions? I should have had a dick <laughs> tattooed in my mouth and then it would yeah. make sense how I talk sometimes. Oh. Okay, Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, he's just fantastic. I man. love MPH. He's great. Yeah. Uh, good old Doogie Hauser. Yeah. MD. Um, okay, he is. Very good at either. I'm trying to think of a scenario around this, but it's not going to work, so I'm just going to tell you what the answers are and you have to guess. Um, is he a fantastic magician? Is he a fantastic escape artist? Or is he a fantastic unicyclist? Oh, unicyclist. Wrong. Magician. Well, he does all those magic tricks in uh, um, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so did he learn that beforehand, or did he learn it I for... think he, I think he just knew anyway, because it says... Um, a huge fan of magic and won the Tannins Magic Louis Award in 2006. Fantastic. I know. I think when you're... <laughs> Sorry. I think when you're rich and you've got loads of time off during the year, so you've got like, you know, you work a couple of weeks on, a couple of weeks off. Yeah, because he can... must have been sort of fairly loaded from being Doogie Hauser when he was younger, mm. so, yeah, why not? You can just become a better person easily. I've got a, a completely pointless actor for you now. Okay. Taylor Lautner. Ugh. Yeah. What do you reckon he's good at? Is he good at Kung Fu? Abs, yeah. <laughs> I wish abs was a martial art. Yeah, he's good at one of these martial arts. Kung Fu. Right. 
I've accidentally put Wing Chun, but that was also correct. Wing Chun. Right. I do Wing Chun. <laughs> my massive punch of Judy Chin. Or is it karate? Uh, Kung Fu. Is karate. Ah. Um, in fact, at the age of eight, Taylor Lautner was asked to represent the US in the World Karate Association, where he won three gold medals, was named Junior World Forms and Weapons Champion. He's a great martial arts champion and has a black belt. I'd like a black belt. Yeah? Yeah. I think White I'd... one. You get it from JD. <laughs> I think it'd be quite cool. In fact, no, I remember going to JJB when I was younger and I was like, oh, you can just buy the belts. <laughs> oh, crushing, that's great. Really crushing. Yeah, I'm sure they're on Amazon. It's fine. Um, yeah, so that's probably the only thing that's impressive about Taylor Lautner. Do you know any martial arts? I have studied several. I did judo when I was in primary school and I did some kind of mixed martial arts that was never really explained when I was slightly older. I did that for class. The kickboxing class once that was just exhausting. I was like, not doing that again. Yeah. Um, and I did fencing for a year. Oh even that's my not a god, that'd be fucking. Brilliant. I am a one star <laughs> epee, which means that I there's three swords in, in fencing: epee, rapier, and uh, a foil. And you get to hit people in different parts of the body depending on what sword you're using. So an epee, you can hit anybody anywhere. And I'm a one star, which makes it sound really impressive when you actually find out that's the very first grade you can get in that sport. This is amazing. I'm uh, learning more about you than I am Taylor Lawton. It's a proper wanky sport. That's the only thing. Not yeah. wanky because it's wanky to do it, but wanky because it's full of wankers. Like yeah, just really frustrated people who then get more frustrated by playing FA. By, by playing fencing. Yeah. Um, so Jason Lee, fantastic actor from My Name is Earl, from Dogma, which is an awesome movie, um, is actually... A professional sports person. Now, is he fantastic at roller skating? Absolutely, I bet he is. BMXing? Yeah, that one too. Or skateboarding? All three. I can see it because he wears his cap backwards. I imagine he's a skateboarder. He is a skateboarder. Because In he puts his cap fact, backwards. He's often credited for inventing or perfecting the 360 flip. What the? What? Yeah. So, what does he do? He. I don't know whether that means an upside down backflip. Or that just means spinning around in a circle, like I, when Tony Hawk did the... I think it's spinning around, because I think only one person's ever done a backflip. I don't think... That's how do you really backflip easy. Like, how, do you not, how do you not backflip? You're already sort of going around in a circle on a, a, a half-pipe half anyway, so... To be fair, I, I don't, I've never skateboarded. Skateboarded. Uh, and didn't do any martial arts. I had a fucking shallow childhood that just involved... Bicyclette. My bicyclette. Football, bicycle, and oh, right. football. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's that's not bad. I'm terrible at football, so I've never played it, and I continue to not play it to this day because mm. I'm fucking shocking. Mm. Yeah. Not missing out much, really. Well, I guess we wouldn't make it onto the the hidden talent game. Although, do you have a hidden hidden talent that you want to reveal to the listeners and myself? Do I have hidden talent? Um, no, I'm I'm quite uh, open about my talents. Yeah. Yeah. I usually whip it out wherever. <laughs> <laughs> I can it do that. hidden just because the pubes cover it. That's the yeah, only thing. Yeah. I can do that. Wow, that's amazing. It's pretty, pretty weird, isn't it? Yeah, um, for people who can't <laughs> see this. No, don't, don't tell them. Don't tell them. <laughs> it just remains a hidden talent yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm going to tell him. Mike can bend the end of his index finger so it's almost completely parallel. But not the rest of it. Not perpendicular. So it's, like, it's straight. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty impressive. So if I was falling off a cliff, I'd be like, ah! That would be amazing. I'd be able to hold you on. know, if I was falling off a cliff, I would use my hidden talent. Your cliff chin. My cliff chin, but have you not seen what my cliff chin does? You can't. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> How'd you do that? Because my chin is uh, 95% muscle. 
and I can wiggle it. Is that what that is? Yeah. I thought it was just a big chin, but that's a fucking. That's, yeah. that's you know crazy. what I'm saying? I'm trying this as well, right? That's you know crazy. what I'm saying? I can hang off a cliff with it. So I'm going to tense my chin so it's up, and I want you to try and pull my chin down. This is not funny. Use more fingers. How are you. This it's is apparently insane. one of the strongest bones in your body. Muscles. To do with your jaw. Bones. And I think mandible. That, yeah, but it's not like. You don't really use your chin for anything, do you? So I don't understand oh. why my chin is so muscular. I can't stop looking at it. <laughs> I'm amazed at that. I mean, That's... if you use your imagination, you can also guess how else it might be useful. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> creating a draft by the looks of it. <laughs> if you wiggle it, oh, it's, oh, you need to upload that onto Facebook. The, I think the best thing about showing people that you can wiggle your chin is watching other people try and wiggle the chin afterwards. Yeah, there you go, you can do it. Can I? Yeah, watch. you got a mirror there. That's just me with my lip. Is it? I thought your chin was moving your lip because it was pushing it up. I'm 40% lip anyway. Yeah. It's not true. I've got very thin lips. <laughs> mean lips. Um, I think we've spent enough time on, on Hidden Talents that's now. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode, episode 21. Yeah. And uh, let us know your Hidden Talents. Yeah, yeah. It, it, actually, that'd be really interesting. If you can beat a wobbly gin. Please post on our Facebook, Instagram or Twitter pages. Good segue there, Mike. Mm. Um, and let us know what your Hidden <coughs> Talents are. Also, let us know what you thought of the movie if you've seen it. No spoilers, please. If you've not seen it yet, but then you go and see it off the back of this, please tell us about that as well. In fact, basically, just in general, if you listen to the podcast, just just let us know because it's, it's it makes us feel good. Yeah, which is the only reason we do this for validation, really, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and then you can stop busking. Yeah, well, wiggling your chin, wiggling my chin. Yeah, exactly. You should do that. Yeah. Um, so join us for the next episode where we will be reviewing. When well, I can say it properly, when we will be reviewing the post Steven Spielberg's movie. Um, about the water gate. No? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. No, no, that's what it was. It's about yeah. um, uh, America continued the Vietnam War even though they, no, they, were, they couldn't win it. Yeah. It's about how they kept continuing it. And there was um, some leaked documents in the Washington Post revealed it, but yeah. almost brought the entire newspaper down. Amazing. And it's quite a good indication of how things are going in this current day and age with Mr. Trump at the helm. So. Yeah. 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 Mr. Trump. But he'd hate that, wouldn't he, if I called him that to his face? You should do it. I'm just going to call him. <laughs> because in Britain, our American counterpart listeners, a Trump is a fart. Yeah. So, there you go, you've been educated. Uh, I think I'm waffling too much now, so that's the end of the episode. Please rate the episode and the podcast and give us five stars on iTunes, because that would be really nice. Other than that, enjoy your day. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.